Hello and welcome to Nursing Nuggets. I am Allison Adams and together we will explore the gold nuggets necessary to pass nursing school and to save lives. Today's episode is going to be all about your renal system and your kidneys. And I like to title this, Our Kidneys, Friend or Foe? Because while our kidneys do a lot of really good things for them, when they are not getting what they want, they can be really troublesome for the body. And I'll explain that in a few minutes. The first thing we need to talk about always is the functional unit of the organ, and that's going to be the nephron. This is going to be a microstructure within the kidneys, about a million for every kidney, um, which is going to actually do the processing of blood and filtration process that ends up becoming urine. Um, and it's going to go through that glomerulus. Remember that afferent and efferent arteriole coming into that glomerulus. And then we have that first product of urine that's going to start inside of the tubules. First down into the proximal convoluted tubule, down to the descending limb of Hen loop of Henley. Um, then the loop part of Henley and then the ascending limb of Henley and then into the distal convoluted tubule and then into the collecting duct of the medulla and then out into urine. And while this is going on, a lot of different um, elements are coming in and out, sodium following water, uh, water following sodium, excuse me, um, some potassium going in and out, some waste products going in and out and passing through this. And any good nursing textbook or anatomy book worth its weight is going to have that wonderful little picture that has all of those things moving in and out. The rest of the renal structure, including the ureter, the bladder, and the urethra, are pretty straightforward. They are simply housing units so that we can, things we can control, control. Again, that distrusor muscle of the bladder stretching to the point where it tells your brain it's now time to go to the bathroom. And then you having that sphincter control all uh, because of your neurological system and allowing you to release urine. But moving back to what's going on in that glomerulus and at that main nephron. Your kidneys like to have blood flow. They love it. When they don't get that good blood flow to those glomerulus, those one million units per kidney, they really let the body know it. It accounts for about 25% of all cardiac output. So as soon as cardiac output starts to drop, the kidneys are going to let you know it. And they're going to release a couple of different hormones that's going to help to increase that cardiac output because those kidneys are real selfish. They want all of that 25% blood flow and they're not willing to share with anyone. So what's going to happen is, is when that flow starts to decrease to that kidney, it's going to release a substance called renin. 
renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system is what we're talking here. So in the presence of low flow to those kidneys, that volume loss, renin is going to be released, which is going to cause angiotensin to become angiotensin 1, which is then going to become angiotensin 2 because of that enzyme from the lungs, which is going to cause that release of aldosterone, which is going to cause the release of some antidiuretic hormone, um, which is going to cause vasoconstriction, which is going to cause water retention, all of which should increase the flow to that kidney. Where this becomes problematic in the body is when that flow to the kidney is reduced because of plaque deposits in the renal artery or some constriction from high blood pressure, hypertension, those kidneys are still not getting that 25% of flow. So that renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system likes to kick into high gear, even though the body's pressure and maybe fluid status is actually high. But the kidney doesn't know that. All the kidney understands is I'm not getting what I deserve. So therefore, that renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system kicks in. And this is why a lot of your first line blood pressure medications are going to target this very symptom. Those ACE inhibitors, those ARBs, um, and some of those vasodilators, excuse me, uh, vasodilators that are going to help open up those vessels, help release all that extra water and tell those kidneys, hey, look guys, you're causing more harm than good by raising this blood pressure. My body has too high a blood pressure already, so let's just chill out. Your kidneys have a second major function, and this is usually where test questions come from because every nursing student and anatomy and physiology student knows that our kidneys make urine. So why would I test you on that? No, the question I'm going to ask you about your kidneys has to do with blood cell production. Did you know that your kidneys create a hormone called erythropoietin, and this is made by the kidneys in order to stimulate red blood cell production. If you remember from previous podcasts or previous lectures, red blood cells die every 120 days. So we have to create more. What system creates our red blood cells? The bone marrow. But what hormone is released to tell bone marrow, hey guys, we need more red blood cells? It's erythropoietin, and that hormone actually comes from your kidney. So we need to remember, when someone is in kidney failure, not only do they lose the ability to concentrate that urine and remove nitrogen and urea from our blood, but they also lose that function of erythropoietin production. So usually your renal failure patients, you got it, are going to be anemic. And we can give this as a medication uh, to a patient who's in renal failure. Your dialysis patients who are hooked up to these very large machines in order to filter their blood and act like a big old kidney, we have to give erythropoietin to these patients because they are normally very anemic because their body does not make erythropoietin. So remember that the next time you're studying for your kidneys. 
the last hormone I'd like to talk about related to your kidneys is antidiuretic hormone. And it does exactly what it name what its name says. It stops diuresis or it stops peeing. So that patient when antidiuretic hormone is released is going to not pee and therefore hold on water. So the more antidiuretic hormone, the more you're not going to pee, the more you're going to hold your fluid. The less antidiuretic hormone you have, the less you're going to not pee. So you're going to pee more, basically relieving yourself and removing that fluid. Remember, there are a couple of different terms for urination voiding the last one that a lot of people forget and a lot of instructors like to ask you is micturition m-i-c-t-u-r-i-t-i-o-n micturition we're going to end today's podcast with a comparison of what happens to us as we age related to our urinary system well the number of nephrons tends to decrease as well as the uh, thickening of the membranes of that Bowman's capsule and that glomerulus, which is going to stop our kidneys from being as efficient. So you are gonna end up with higher blood urea nitrogen levels, higher creatinine levels, um, and lower creatinine clearance. Remember creatinine clearance is gonna be when we test the urine, blood urea nitrogen and serum creatinine is when we're going to test the blood so less efficiency from those kidneys you we lose elasticity and we lose muscle tone as we age so we may not be able to empty our bladders as fully we also will have a weakening of that urinary sphincter or the ability to hold that urine so you may see what we call stress incontinence in your older adults Um, When we cough, when we jump, when we sneeze, urine may drip out. You may have a decrease in bladder capacity, meaning your bladder won't be able to hold as much urine as what it once did, causing some frequency, causing some nocturia or nighttime urination. With our male patients, you will see a normal enlargement of the prostate. This can cause hesitancy, which may be a difficulty starting a urine stream. It may cause frequency because they're not able to empty their bladder because that prostate does pass around um, the urethra. Uh, Again, nocturnal uh, nocturia um, from night wetting because of that large bladder not being able to Uh, empty appropriately. You may have a male patient strain to urinate because of prostate enlargement. You may have retention and you may see dribbling. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Allison Adams going back to class. Bye!